guys, and welcome back to another episode of the ADH Dads. I'm your host, CJ. And I'm JJ. And I'm JJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you failed at that, but that's okay, buddy, because today I want to talk about failing with finesse. How do we do yeah. it? I don't know why I elongated the S on there like I was he who shall not be named for you Harry Potter fans out there. But <laughs> <laughs> we're big Harry Potter fans in my household, man. My wife, uh, when she was teaching her, her classroom was Harry Potter themed. So she was the cool teacher on campus. Uh, all the kids loved going into her classroom because they she had little floating keys everywhere with wings and mm. all sorts of little Harry Potter Easter eggs. So that was always cool. Yeah, and I hear you guys are going to be doing a knockoff, you know, can't can't directly call it Harry Potter, but you're going to do a wizard adventure here coming up. Yes, for right? legal reasons, we can't say <laughs> Harry Potter, it's a wizard adventure. <laughs> but yeah, November, uh, man, hopefully when you guys come out here too, maybe we can finagle it at uh, the same time. But there's like a little, uh, it's like a murder mystery park event. So you bring your family out, you guys dress up as wizards, and then you get clues, and it's a scavenger hunt, and you spend the day... Uh, you know, uh, using your wands and, and, uh, trying to solve mysteries. So I think that'll be a, a lot of fun. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Get, uh, get the, the whole family in on that communicating together in the, in the best way to, uh, to succeed. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. It'll be uh, interesting. That always seems to go fun when five people have five different opinions and talk over each other. So <laughs> Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, that's yep. kind of what I want to talk about. You know, uh, we've been talking on this, these episodes about the, uh, you know, crucibles that I've been going through right now with uh, the hurricane damage and the, um, you know, laid off from work and the kids changing schools and the COVID and the lupus and the Kawasaki, you know, the punches just keep rolling, man. And, uh, you know, I as much as I would like to say I've got it all figured out and, and it's all perfection here, I've really been feeling my blood boil over the last uh, couple of weeks here with the disarray of our house, man. It's just getting to me, you know. Maybe it's uh, imparted from my stepmom and uh, her OCD mm. tendencies growing up <laughs> that I need, like, clean space and I'm just not able to get it right now. So, like, you know... We talk about all the time, JJ, about like how to set ourselves up for, you know, uh, think for positivity in our life and for things to not go wrong or for when they do, we have these outlets or we have these methods or these tools or we've set ourselves up with these morning routines or these fitness routines or meditation routines or we've had the house cleaned or put the things aside so we don't get frustrated the next day. But what do we do when you know you're not you're not able to do those things when you're out of town when the routine and structure is shaken and you aren't able to set those things up and you maybe have a blow up or an argument or yell at your kids it's not funny jj this is real life stuff no, i'm trying I, to be vulnerable about the argument yeah. i had with my wife here and you're <laughs> laughing at me <laughs> well let me let me just like kind of uh, go back to when you started talking just now and you said right now we're going through this and I'm like so in terms of right now you mentioned Kawasaki which must have been about a year ago so right now is like uh, it's like a good percentage of your overall lifespan 
<laughs> I feel and like so, it's all right now because it's just been like the last 12 months that have just rolled one thing into another. So I feel like I haven't gotten a break from it to be like, oh, then it's just all right now, JJ. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, when you watch a boxing match, um, not that I'm one to, to really watch boxing, but I, I have seen a couple of matches in my time where, you know, they the the commentary, the running commentary, uh, you know, gets really exciting toward the ed, end, especially. But there's a whole bunch of blows that are taking place through the process of this fight. And usually it's the knockout punch that we see that, uh, you know, gets everybody really kind of worked up. But the truth is, is along the way, there's a lot of there's a lot of things building up to that end point. And you guys have been experiencing a lot of a lot of hits. And I I have yet to say, like, I've not seen you go down um, without, you know, constantly trying to bob and weave and, and you know, adjust and, and, and work your magic, uh, you know, through this whole ring of <laughs> series of blows your family goes through. So I just want to first acknowledge that like this is this is part of the conversation we're having today is that the communication completely can completely break down and crumble if you don't have the correct type of tools or at least the coping and regulation skills that you need to have to manage. So yeah, I'd like to circle around to all that uh by the end of this conversation, which I know we will. <laughs> yeah man it's uh it's you know i was feeling all on my high horse uh the last few uh episodes that we did you know i just wrote this whole thing about you know how to establish rules for an argument you know and uh in the heat of an argument with my wife and i i dropped the ball on some of those things man <laughs> you know i just totally contradicted myself and uh i just i failed at it you know and and used a lot of uh, uh you know you statements and always and you know you always do this and you never do this and it got me backed into a corner where uh you know the active listening seemed to go out the window on both of our parts and we were just kind of at a stalemate you know we we couldn't uh we couldn't enforce some of the boundaries that we had set in uh, ahead of time for ourselves, such as when we notice that things are maybe getting to an elevated point, we can walk away and uh, recollect our thoughts, maybe even write them down before we go back at it. Uh, you know, instead of leading with emotions, we're trying to lead with intellect. And we didn't have a room to go into, JJ. You know, the whole yeah. bottom floor of my house is doesn't have a floor right now. And it, all the furniture's covered, you know? So mm. it would get to a point where it was like, well, I'm going to go take a minute. And then you'd walk out of the bedroom door and it's like, well, sh shoot, where do I go, man? There's nowhere to sit, mm. you know? So you'd circle around the house and walk on the sticky floor. <laughs> You know, <laughs> there's no pacing going on. There's no sitting going on. You're just like standing in a corner where it's not as sticky, you know, and, <laughs> you know, those timeout times kind of got cut short. We would go back in there and maybe the emotions hadn't calmed down and we just weren't able to figure it out in that night, you know, and mm -hmm. we really had to press pause and, and go to bed with some resentment and wake up the next day and, and try to press resume on the conversation, which did work. We did have time to calm down and, and, and be present more in a moment where we could ask some better questions. But that's what I kind of want to get into today, man, is, you know, this isn't perfect. And though I get up on my soapbox every week here um, in front of my colored bricks, you know, and talk about this stuff, you know, this isn't uh, 
the end goal isn't perfection and we're never going to get to it, you know, and we stumble along the way. And even me, three and a half years into learning these things, knowing these things, practicing these things, failing at these things and try to recover from these things, I still fail from them and need to recover. You know, and I kind of wanted to talk to you and and uh, hopefully our listeners will get some some gold out of today's conversation where we can talk about what do we do when we fail, you know, and though maybe you don't have a partner, JJ, to talk to specific of what I'm talking about, you know, I think this really translates well to our kiddos as well, because we're not always on point with our our conversation and our tonality with our kiddos, too. So. You know, I want to talk about like what accountability looks like after the fact. How can we revisit conversations that seemed a little temperamental? You know, because uh, um, I'll, I'll be honest, JJ, like this this conversation, we were having a great conversation before it led up to this, you know, and we were we were talking about religion and theology and and I was trying to kind of express my journey through my my beliefs and how I got to where I am and why I believe the way that I do and how I look at it and interpret, you know, the Bible and other religions and all of this information and opinions coming at us from from different churches and, and, and people. And uh she was, I could see being triggered by that in, in whatever mm. capacity in, in a sense that she was getting defensive of me trying to explain my opinion, you know, and, and I wasn't trying to get her to believe what I believe or to tell her that she was wrong, but I could see that she was getting triggered in a way that was kind of interrupting me and w wasn't letting me finish. And I was getting really frustrated with that, you know, Mm. Um, because I wanted to be heard and I wanted to express this. And, you know, we ended up getting caught up or hooked up on a different thing that had nothing to do with religion or theology. You know, it was, it was, uh, you know, I, I say that, you know, sometimes I use humor as, as a way to try to navigate my own frustration and my aggression. And, you know, that's a double-edged sword, brother, because sometimes it can land and you make everybody smile and laugh and forget about the thing that, <laughs> that they were crying. And sometimes you can, uh, it can go the other way and it, you can make things worse and people look at you <laughs> like you're not taking them seriously. You're not listening to them. You, you don't right. value their opinions. So that's the direction it went with my with my uh with my humor comment in my own self-defense you know and uh then we started arguing about that humor and that 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 yeah. comment that i made you know and trying to defuse which was an innocent attempt on my part i had good intentions but it was not received that way you know yeah. and then we i i then we kind of argued about well, I was trying to do this. Well, I was trying to do this. Well, I was trying to say this, but you didn't let me say that. But I couldn't say this because, you know, and then it just became a tit for tat <laughs> thing, which is so easy to fall into, brother. Right. You know, so right. and and this is something that was near and dear to my heart that I wanted to express to my partner and, and where I'm at, you know, on my journey spiritually and where my mind is on most days, you know, and, and how I view these things. And it just didn't go well. And we never got to finish that conversation that night. And I had a lot of feelings that night of, 
you know, old Colton wanted to rear up and take charge and be, I didn't feel heard and she never understands me and she always cuts me off. And, and I did do bits of that, you know, which got me into trouble. But I tried to backtrack and do it in some methods and techniques, but my wife was able to call bullshit, man. You know, she's, she's, re <laughs> she's reading over these, these articles I'm writing about how to establish rules. And man, she was like, uh, just an authoritarian. Well, you look, you wrote this and you, and I just read this, but you didn't do this. You know, she was just picking out every like little flaw and mistake that I did along this process. So I want to like talk about like, how do we diffuse? How do we not get self defensive? How do we pivot? And how do we apologize? You know, even when maybe we don't think that we're right, or how do we offer empathy in that moment when we're so caught up in our own ego or self-defense that we can't even maybe see that at the time? But maybe that's the thing that's needed to diffuse it in a way that we can both be heard and present. I just mm. rambled. You've been over here laughing and at my pain and misery and failings, and you've got a, <laughs> you've got a smug look on your face, JJ. I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> well, uh, uh, first off, I got to say, how many hours do we have uh, on each episode to talk about these things? Because <laughs> I think we're going to need a few to get through all of the, all of this. But uh, no, I hear you, and I got to say, first off, you know, uh, there are certain. Uh, topics that are just really easy to talk about, you know, religion. Oh yeah. Nobody ever argues. So you guys are, you guys are brand new to that. You know, this is a new, new uh, uncharted territory. <laughs> now that's, that's one of those, that's one of those hot button topics. That's uh, that definitely brings about emotions from every direction that you didn't see coming within yourself. And you're arguing with yourself half the time and then bringing that to somebody else. You're in a vulnerable state. And I bet they, in that same type of topic are feeling the vulnerability within as well. So there's already two people coming at this situation with a lot of personal experience with it. Whether you have belief or you don't have belief, it typically brings about a lot of memories, a lot of trauma, all that stuff. Uh, I'll give you just a quick example of, of my journey. Um, and I don't think I can offend anybody with this as much as I can hopefully bring people on board with the idea of why it's so complicated. I grew up in a uh, in a church, uh, um, Lutheran church specifically, up in Minnesota. I think I think you're just destined to be Lutheran if you're in Minnesota or Catholic, maybe. Um, but uh, for all my years um, leading up to you know graduation from high school, I was told two things. <laughs> I was told this is what's the truth. This is what what we're what we're supposed to believe. This is you know this is 100% truth. There's no there's no wiggle room. And then I was also told told you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, how am I supposed to have a personal relationship if I'm just supposed to say this is all the truth? I'm just supposed to say truth, yep, truth, that. That doesn't sound like there's a lot of question and answer, right? So when I see an opportunity to talk with somebody about religious beliefs, I've got to be, you know, curious and open-minded because what they were told probably for so many years was also very much like closed, you know, type of system where I'm not allowed to, you know, question it. I'm just literally, this is, this is the ultimate truth and I must follow it in order to achieve whatever it is. This, you know, belief is telling me I have to achieve, which is of course, you know, eternal life and perfection past this point. So you can see how, a conversation about that topic would make anybody feel a little bit at a state of unease because, you know, 
I'm supposed to explore this personally, but I'm also supposed to believe exactly what somebody else has already told me. That's a scary place to be. So when you talk to somebody you love dearly about something like that from your entire history till today, they're already bringing so much, you know, from their subconscious to their conscious, you know, level in response to you um, in their experience. And if it doesn't align perfectly, that's going to probably tap into something, you know, within their memories or traumas, that's just going to make them feel that state of unease. So I imagine when you two entered this conversation about these topics, you're, you're coming with um, your vulnerabilities, your, your insecurities about belief and just your, you know, your traumas. And so therefore you're not necessarily telling somebody else, you know, how you are struggling with it. You're also exposing their own struggles with it in that process unintentionally. But now you see where, you know, the, everything kind of starts to build quickly. So that's a tough thing. And then of course, you know, when we talk about the resolution of that particular conversation, we're now entering into the next phase of, well, shoot, we have other conflicts that we're actually trying to focus on in this moment, um, but we're already escalated. So now I'm escalated towards you, not intentionally, but unintentionally, because we're talking about two things that we both are very sensitive to. Does that make sense? I know I kind of walked around your, your, you know, conflict resolution, um, approach to this, this topic, but I was just really uh, curious to think. No, no, I, you know. I think you said it right on the nose, brother. Cause I think that's exactly what happened to me in exploring these vulnerabilities. You know, I had a humbling moment too. We always talk about curiosity here and asking questions and, and something that I always try to do in my communication now is try to turn all opinions into questions. You know, so instead of me telling my wife, well, you should do this, you know, I try to pose it in, well, what do you think the next step is, you know, or how should we proceed? Or even mm -hmm. asking permission of, well, do you want my opinion right now? Or do you just want to vent, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, where do you think that you went wrong? Or tell me what was going on for you in those moments, instead of, you know, like we talked about, why, why did you do that? You know, I try to, I try to pose these in a way that diffuses self-defense but i had yeah. a humbling moment of this that that doesn't always work you know and uh mm -hmm. throughout this conversation i was trying to practice this you know of well let me put my opinions into the form of questions to see where she's coming from here or where she's coming from here but i noticed that maybe it was the way that i was uh producing the questions or organizing the questions or her wording the questions that it seemed to put her on defense, that even the questions mm -hmm. could still have that effect, you know? So I need to uncover what the next layer is here, JJ, during, during these processes, because though yeah. the, the curiosity and questions have gotten me so far with this, I can now see that there can still be a little bit of a duality double-edged sword here where it still needs extra attention. You can't just throw it into a question and it's good. We really need to structure the question in a good way, you know, yeah. that uh, isn't, you know, uh, well, why are you doing this? Well, what was going through your mind to make that decision? Like, what's wrong with you? You know, those are <laughs> questions, but they also have a lot of power to them too and a lot of judgment and, and, um, and resentment. So that was a humbling experience for me to figure out what those questions are and how they need to be asked and not just ask them. 
Yeah, I think I think you uncovered something here that we talk about pretty frequently is that you you were kind of asking about what are your boundaries around a topic, but instead maybe first asking about talking about the topic. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I don't know because it didn't really um again that that wasn't the conflict of our conflict, you know? That wasn't the topic of it. Um ultimately what it really led down to, I think, was uh, the breakdown of the ego or, the, mm. you know, the the protecting of the ego. Like I was trying to get these ways out and, and these different methods and these different strategies and it wasn't working. So then I got worked up and I dropped the mm. ball. Honest, honestly, like it wasn't about the religion or the talk. It was more about how I was trying to bring her back or to get her to see that, you know, Hey, I'm trying to express opinion and you keep interrupting me. And, but I was just getting to a point internally where I was like, didn't she did it again? Ooh, I'm, you know, I was, I was checking boxes in my head. Well, there, Oh, she just did it again. She just did it again. Well, now I got to derail this conversation that we're having about theology to make a point to say, well, look, you interrupted me here, 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 you did this here, you did this here. And it made me feel this way. And now we're arguing about this. You know, and um, it's hard sometimes in the moment to let the ego go and to just be curious when we feel attacked or when we feel not heard. You know, um, how do we hold that space still uh, when when we're feeling that way? You know, and um, that's still able. That's still a little difficult for me to figure out. I think I'm still practicing that and and exercising that because uh, I found a lot of success. Like we talked about in the, the beginning stages, the morning prep, what I'm doing to set myself up and the routines and all of these things. Um, but, you know, I think the hardest part about this is in the moment, you know, right. I've, I've said on this podcast, I think 90% of it is what we do before and after. And only 10% is, you know, in the moment, how we're controlling our, our stuff and, and how we're able to, because it feels so maybe out of reach when, when emotions bubble up. So uh, how do you maybe do it? Do you, how do you, do you recognize these signs in the moment? Um, is it, where, where's your success at? Are you in agreement with the, the, the 90, 10 ratio here? Um, (laughs) you know, or what, what are methods that that work for you when, when you get worked up with Cohen or, or with a co-parent? When I uh, when I experience a little bit of uh, unease and impatience, it's usually in the moment where I stop trying to really trying to understand his his situation, where he's coming from. Mm. Case in point, with that, just the other day, a good example is he has uh, a friend that uh, he hangs out with regularly, and the two of them sometimes, you know, they 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 start bouncing off each other, and and they get louder, and they get more silly, and they start kind of repeating the same things, and you know, I'm not in a big place here. So like you, you know, when you have limited space, you have limited options to kind of step away and have a moment of, you know, gathering yourself. So I I saw these two kids just, you know, having a ton of fun with each other. But it was also to the point where the the noise was just too much. And the kids were, you know, how kids can say the same joke, like 50 times in a row and still chuckle so hard at that same joke. Well, 
a parent starts to hear the nail getting, you know, hit into the wall until it's like bang, 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 really loud. That's essentially what I was experiencing. And I, and I told the boys, guys, I need you to quiet down. And uh, they quieted down for a little bit. And then, of course, you know, it just it, it very quickly went back to uh, to being overwhelming noise. And what I said to myself is I'm not OK with this. I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. They're making me feel uncomfortable. I was giving up uh, my own, you know, ability to handle an actually relatively easy situation and instead charging somebody else with, you know, the, the crime essentially that I had to now, you know, try and try and solve and clean up. And I wasn't in the state of mind to do it. I was unfortunately completely out of sorts and out of patience at that moment. And so therefore I was no longer thinking of, you know, the situation uh, that the kids were just simply trying to enjoy each other and create a bonding moment. But instead I was seeing it as I'm uncomfortable and I have no control here. And so therefore I need to bring the volume up even louder to get, gain control. So I told the kids, you know, essentially quiet down, that's enough. And then when it comes to, you know, looking back at that situation, I told you, you know, just now what I should have told myself in the situation. First off, are they attempting, are they purposefully attempting to try to make my life worse right now? Are they trying to make my life miserable right now? That's a question I can ask myself. I don't even need to ask them questions at this point. I just need to ask myself the questions. Um, are they making this purposely difficult for me? Most of the time, they're not. Sometimes when the two of them are together, they start talking back to dad because... <laughs> You know, they're, they're trying to get a rise out of the situation. So there is that. But most of the time, they are just simply trying to connect. And kids are loud and energetic. And, you know, kiddos with ADHD also have a certain level of, you know, inability to, to kind of just at least regulate their, you know, the control of their bodies and their, you know, and their voices and stuff. And that's not something that I need to hinder. I need to, I need to point it out as a strength first. So then my kiddo can help himself as well in the situation. The more you praise those moments of, of, you know, good quality interaction, the more that they are aware of that in the moment too. And then they can really, they can really process that for themselves and they get, they gain something emotionally from that. So I think the problem is, is I called out just one component of what was taking place there. And so I was missing the mark. And, you know, same thing with, you know, your partner, when you have an argument going, chances are they're on this track you're on this track, you're actually talking about two different things. And that's why you're struggling because you don't see me, you don't see me. So we're, we're now fighting against the other person, but we're not actually fighting about the same thing. So we're stopping our point of questions and curiosity and instead are just completely in, like you said, our ego. We feel slighted, but we don't actually have a rational thought or at least a rational statement to give to them as to why we are slighted by them because we have lost that control of ourselves. So I think the big thing is like, you know, when it comes to being feeling those trigger points, usually when you act out of escalation in those trigger points, it's an indication that you've lost the ability to regulate and, you know, cope properly. And again, I'll just go back to when I've, when I've already gotten to that point and not in terms of the prep, usually with the kids, it's, it's post, is I got to ask myself the questions like, what is it that the kids were doing? What did I recognize? What did I miss? And how do I point those things out in the moment when they come again? Because they will come again. Just like the kids love that same joke 50 times over. They love doing the same type of play over and over <laughs> again. 
because it's good. It's it's part of their you know part of their process of building friendship and bonding and stuff and uh, and motor skills and all that junk. You know all the good stuff. Um, so if I can reframe the situation, usually I'd prefer to not do it in post. But this, let's just be honest, we're human beings here. If I can reframe that and start asking myself questions, then I can at least, even if I'm off base with those, I can in the moment later try and point out to those boys, hey guys, I noticed you two are doing this. That's a really good thing between you two. What are you learning? What what did you notice about this? Now I'm encouraging a lot of growth and opportunity for, for success in this in this moment, rather than suggesting it's in some way a problem. Yeah, brother, I think you said it there and that, you know, we fail at this and we're going to. Um, but I think that what a lot of people miss is that there is a really beautiful opportunity post, like you're saying, to circle back to whatever argument or or crisis that happened and have accountability again and to celebrate rather than diminish or tear down. And I, I think a lot of people, a lot of couples especially, really miss that too. You know, they stop a fight because it gets too heated. And then when they circle back to it, they just pick right back up where they left off rather than having accountability or exploring some of the good things that happened during that conversation. You know, we do it with our kiddos and we talk about, you know, the opposite of that RSD where we're giving them that euphoria of sensitivity and, and praise. You know, why can't we do that with our partners as well? You know, pick out the moment during the, you know, I really appreciate what you said here about this, you know, though I don't agree with this, you know, you don't have to agree with everything, but there's something there that you can find, you know, I really, even if it's just, I appreciate you giving me the space to walk away and collect my thoughts. You know, I mm -hmm. think that we do need to get better about in that second conversation, post argument, what what kind of praise can we bring to this, you know, and accountability. And that's something that I always try to go into in that post conversation is, you know, accountability. I'm sorry for this. And I really appreciate A, B or C, you know, and then we can kind of start from a place that's fresh and not, um, not like you said, where we're all sensitive to the, to the animosity that's going on. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, let's, I want to, I want to kind of really unpack that too. And, uh, and talk about just like the benefit of showing gratitude. It's, it's, uh, gratitude is a push against resentment, right? Um, resentment is a dangerous thing, uh, in any relationship because that that's essentially pointing the finger and, and suggesting that this person is a failure or this person this person is somebody that I can't work with. Uh, this person doesn't, I don't appreciate or respect their values. I mean, a lot of it, resentment is, is, is harsh because it's, it's essentially not letting go and not being able to accept something about somebody else. That's, that's a, so it's a dangerous thing. And um, when you go into, into this with a moment of gratitude or an opportunity to show gratitude and understanding you're, you're allowing, yourself the opportunity to to really open up and listen to somebody else and, and i think that that is something that uh, that far too often couples like you said you know we they get in the habit of staying in their corner and wanting to fight their position and um 
when we talk about like stuff like boundaries and something as important as boundaries in a couple's relationship is what is a boundary? Well, again, it's, it's something that you express for yourself that you will do in a situation, not what you will, what the other person will do if you feel triggered. Um, and the big value about that, uh, let's say we have the opportunity to have a conversation before we have the possible argument. If we understand somebody else's boundaries because they stated such, we're showing two things. We're the person who's stating their boundary is being vulnerable and saying, Hey, I have a, I have a, maybe I have a sensitivity to this. And the person who is trying to hear that and listen to it is showing respect and understanding and care for that person. So this one person expressing what their boundary might be is letting you in is trusting you with their, you know, their perhaps deep sensitivities. And then you, when you hear that and you try to be mindful of that, you are showing care and compassion in return. Um, so a stated boundary, even though there are hot topic, but you know, hot button issues that we do talk about when we understand that person's boundaries, hopefully when we know that conversation about that hot button topic comes up, we don't see it as, oh crap, I need to be on my defense here. I'm going to be challenged, but rather I'm going into this to be understood and to understand. Yeah. A lot of us really get defensive when we hear those boundaries, right? It's not somebody being vulnerable <clears throat> and letting us know what affects them emotionally or psychologically. We take it as, well, you don't like this behavior that I'm doing, so you're attacking me, you know, and we get defensive of that. And we don't want to take responsibility for things that we get defensive of. We just want to ignore it and turn away, you know, and I think that a lot of these post conversations are missed in the accountability because a lot of, dare I say, men in particular seem to really get self-defensive after the fact, you know, I wasn't heard. I didn't, I wasn't understood. I didn't get to say what I felt or, and she got upset when I said it. So I'm just not going to have that conversation again, you know, and I feel that too. Well, never talking about religion again, you know, until I can pull back and say that con that argument actually had nothing to do with religion. It was, <laughs> it was this derailment of these other things, you know, that that we didn't respect in our in in boundaries with each other and the way that we communicated. <clears throat> but a lot of us are too scared to maybe go that that deep level. We just say, well, the hurt that feels the most obvious. It's right there in the forefront. I feel defensive. I feel hurt. So I'm just going to go with that emotion and try to move on from it rather than uncovering. Why do I feel hurt? What's on un what's underneath that? And why did I feel hurt when this person just expressed a vulnerability, not yeah. an attack on who I am or what I'm doing, but just, they tried to let me know who they are. And I got defensive, you yeah. know? And well, yeah, let's, yeah. let's say, let's say that, uh, Somebody says a boundary and let's say it's a boundary specifically for your relationship, you know, like a parent, uh, a child to a parent, you know, dad, if, if you start talking about this topic, um, I'm going to have to exit the conversation, you know, so that's probably comes with a history of failed communication efforts between the two people. Right. And dad could take that as, yeah, they just think I'm no good. And they just think I just want to fight them or something. You could take that path. You could take that path in response. Or you could say, oh man, you know, 
whatever's going on within them, it must be really hard. And that's why it's tough for them to talk about that with me because we, we haven't always had a good exchange and I haven't really fully understood them in that moment. I could take it that route and then I have an opportunity to really find a way to get closer with this person. So then we say, oh man, I'm, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm letting go of all this stuff that I'm telling myself and I'm allowing somebody to tell something to me about themselves. It might be a commentary on our relationship, but that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It could be a very enlightening thing, like you were saying just now. So I just wanted to applaud that effort and by, you know, by rewording it for the person who is feeling that charge, try and go through those steps of that curiosity and that compassion piece, rather than saying, all right, well, I, I got to defend myself again because I am the all-knowing. We know we're not the all-knowing. We know we're so terribly flawed and that's okay. Let's accept that we can learn and grow rather than deny the opportunity for ourselves in our relationship. Let's go, let's go toward understanding. Oh man, that boundary based on our hard past. <sighs> I mean, I get it. It's, it's tough. I'm trying to work through it, but you're right. When have we done some good with this? Let's do some good now. I want to respect your boundary. I want to understand you because it's, it's so easy and I think we all, everybody out there, we all have somebody in mind where we're like, you know, I've been through the same crap with this person for so long. It's never going to change. Is it never going to change? Or have we just been using the wrong tactics? Have we been coming in with loaded guns? Or have we been coming in with, I don't know, hugs? <laughs> well, that's why I feel like failure is such an important part of this journey, JJ, because I only see two outcomes when we fail, you either ignore it and hide from it, never want to experience it again, which usually makes things worse because you probably will probability. You will experience that again to some degree or another, that failure or the feeling of failure or that, that disruption in communication or that failure in communication, you're going to feel it again, you know, or you can, learn from failure, grow from failure, be open to it and want to know why you failed and how you can grow from it. It's either gross or growth or stagnation. You know, I don't see any other way. Um, it, it either destroys you or it propels you forward. And I spent so much of my life being disabled by it, by trying to run from it, ignore it and, and not understand it. Oh, see, dogs agree with me. <laughs> but, you know, I when I really started getting um, a good relationship with failure and when I started getting close to it is when I started getting better every time, JJ. And when I started getting open, more open to the process and let down the ego and the self-defenses a little bit more and was able to ask questions, not more about what the other person could do for the next time, but how I could maybe be better for the next time or what I could maybe do to get more information so that I didn't blow up preemptively, you know, and we have to look at failure as an opportunity rather than an obstacle. Hmm. Yeah, and failures happen at every level, don't they? I mean, just think about, uh, I mean, I've had this experience with my kiddo where <laughs> let's say he just wasn't being careful with his, you know, stick, a very long stick. 
we were at the we were at the pool table um just this week where he's learning how to hit the the balls it's a magnificent thing to watch man i got a super amazing video of him hitting the ball into the pocket and just being super excited he also swung and swung and hit me accidentally with that cue stick going far back you know from his body than he realized and we've all been in that moment where we like let's say we got physically hit by somebody completely on accident and oh we you know we we get jerked into a completely different state that quickly it's it's shocking and then you know usually from the other side they say oh sorry oh sorry but you're still in that shock moment where you're unable to shift but i want to challenge everybody like this is this is something that goes for any situation where you're you're hit off guard you're hit by surprise if somebody offers up an apology try and turn around and say it's okay i forgive you i forgive you because if they're saying sorry they're extending a lot to you and there's an opportunity to create a successful moment when you got slighted or got hurt or shocked in the moment that you weren't expecting let's let's try and you know boom smacked across the head that's a great opportunity to connect right now i didn't have i didn't know this you you hit me literally physically in the face was going to be an opportunity for us to you know embrace but let's do this. And I'm saying this like meaning in communication when somebody's yelling at you, you know, what it, what if you said, um, I see you're upset or I'm sorry that, that this is going this way. How can I help you? Just completely taking that slap in the face and showing it grace immediately. Making a, a successful moment out of something that could easily been a failure. We can get along on the ride to, to causing hurts. Or we can steer quickly in the other direction. If they shock you in the moment with something that hurt you, you could shock them right back by telling them you love them so dearly. <laughs> Brother, we just uh, experienced this the other day or yesterday in the car, uh, but it didn't go as as uh, full circle as you're hoping for with a with a good realization at the end. But I tried, <clears throat> you know. But uh, I, I picked the girls up from school, and and Aubrey gets out before Naomi, so I took Aubrey, and we have like 45 minutes to kill. So oh, there's a donut shop right around the corner. I'm gonna go get him some donuts to surprise Naomi, you know. So we get him a donut. Naomi likes the pink one with the pink frost. You know, and Aubrey picked a pineapple one and ate hers in the back seat. You know, and we went into Naomi's school and we we're waiting for her to get out. And Aubrey said, "Coley, there's a little bit of frosting that came off of Naomi's donut. Can I can I have it?" And he says, "Yeah, sure. You can have a little bit of frosting that came off." Well, by the time that Naomi got into the car, JJ, all of the frosting was gone off of Naomi's donut. Uh, you know, it's like one of those things where like you pick a piece off and then another piece falls and then, well, I got to eat that one now. And then she, <laughs> she ate all the frosting off of the donut. And needless to say, JJ, my neurodivergent daughter was not happy with that when she found out. What? <laughs> So this, the car ride to after school program that I was hoping was going to be filled with laughter and joy and, oh, Coley, you're the best. And I, we love donuts was filled with, ah, Aubrey's the worst. I can't believe she did that. And, you know, Man. it, so, and when I asked Aubrey about it, of course, she said, no, I didn't do that. You know, and I said, Aubrey, don't lie to me, you know, like honesty and ownership. That's what we all, I always try to like instill in them, you know? And uh, she goes, okay, fine, I did. You know, so I said, okay, well, you admitted to it, kind of, you know. So when they do that, I I let them in on the, the punishment. I We ask them, if they're honest about it, we say, what do you think the consequence should be? 
you know, and we'll we'll work with them. We'll compromise. We don't just give it to them because sometimes it's just been like, nah, I don't get candy for a day. It's like, no, you're going to have to do something a little bit more, you know. So it was like we're, we're having a sleepover this week, this weekend. I said, oh, I'll get donuts for the sleepover. And Aubrey gets one, one less than everybody else, you know, but Naomi like could not let it go. You know, she was like thinking of every way she was going to punish Aubrey for the next week, for the rest of their lives, really. You know, well, you, well, that doll that I gave you last week, I want it back. You can't play with it anymore. You know, <laughs> and we had to, no, Naomi, once you give something to somebody, you can't take it back. That's not right. You know, you can't, and you're not the parent. You don't give the consequences. You know, I just told her how this was going to work. She lost something let's move on you know but Nate, well then you can't do this well then she shouldn't get this well then when we go out to eat next she doesn't get dessert and i should you know she's just thinking of every which way to punish her little sister for doing that and i said naomi like stop you gotta you gotta let go of this you're gonna carry this in your heart for the rest of the day and you're gonna put yourself in a terrible mood and you guys are gonna be fighting and then you're gonna end up having a consequence because you you're fighting with your sister all the time I said that not forgiving somebody is like drinking poison and hoping that they die. And she goes, you say that all the time. <laughs> you know, so I tried every which way to get her to kind of drop it. And eventually she did, you know, but uh, yeah, you know, learning to <sighs> drop the animosity and the resentment and flip it in a surprising way that has love and gratitude is the answer but it's not always easy to do brother yeah um, especially when we, someone eats all your frosting <laughs> yeah and and you brought up a, a really good point there that uh i think i i'm gonna word it similarly but hopefully kind of uh like flesh it out a little bit too is that uh kids are really good at derailing the point and arguing the point to the point where you're now you're now arguing because you are being challenged or you are, you are, you are, you being, your buttons are being pushed. And those derailments are what usually get us parents in trouble with the kids, you know? So I, I, I appreciate the idea of setting that expectation and sticking to it. Um, just yesterday, actually, uh, Cohen's been loving riding his bike, man. I mean, it's, it's awesome. He just has a blast. And Yesterday morning, we couldn't get the bike um, to school because I, I told him, I said, well, I got to teach as well. And I don't know where we're going to put your bike because I haven't seen a bike rack at the school. So I told him, I said, I just don't want to bring the bike, not knowing where we're going we to be able to put it for the first couple hours of, of school. And he got so angry and stomped his feet and says, there's a bike rack there. Well, I think he was just trying to argue his point because when we got to the school, I told him, I said, yeah, when we get to the school, you can you can tell me where the show me where the bike rack is. We get to the school and he says, he says, uh, there, there might be one, there might be one somewhere. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think, I think you were just trying to, trying to get your way there. And then when we got home, you know, I took his bike to aftercare and picked him up and then he rode it home. And the, the elevator in our apartment complex was closing because somebody was in it and he rode his bike and he purposefully drove it into the elevator doors. And I said, Hey buddy, that's not okay. You're, you're, you're purposefully possibly causing damage to property that's not your own. That's not a safe choice. I'm going to have you sit out for a little bit before you start playing with your friend. And he was so upset and he started arguing this direction and this direction. And I said, buddy, I'm not going to go there. You know, you know this. This is what I've said is the consequence. We're sticking to it. 
So I want you to do that. So he gets upstairs and he starts wanting to play with stuff. I said, you got to sit in the chair. I don't like timeouts, buddy. I got to ask. I hate timeouts. I think they're, they're, they're ineffective for my brilliant kid. And I appreciate the fact that he makes me work harder to do what's right by him in terms of when his, you know, his moments call for consequence. But that was what I ended up doing yesterday because I acted quickly and I didn't want to lose sight of what I told him. I said, this is, this is the consequence. It was like a five minute sit out. It wasn't a big, big deal, but to him, it, it mattered. So what I guess I'm trying to say is, again, back to the idea of, you know, setting expectations, not letting it get derailed, keeping a focus so everybody can hopefully get back to that focus when they start to get emotional and charged and they want to start fighting everything. And they're like, well, you know, you clip your toenails weird. It's like, well, where did that come from? That that was that was unexpected. Let's go there now. No, let's stick to the point. Let's let's get through this together. And then we come out on the other side, having understood a little bit more rather than going, what the hell took place there? I don't get this. Um, so I appreciate what you said, because I think that aligns with what I believe in and don't always practice. But when I practice that, my kiddo is like, he's thankful at the end. We, we went and after that five minutes, we talked about what it is. Why was that? Why was that consequence there? You know, why, why, why did we have that consequence? Why did we stick with that? Um, those unsafe choices. So now we had a, a very simple timeline that didn't just go all over the place where now we're talking about the toenail clippings and, oh my gosh, there's a dust bunny in the corner. I asked you to clean that up the other day. I'm, I'm, instead, of, I'm, instead of me trying to poke at this person and just trying to undermine who they are because I'm feeling slighted, I'm going to stick to the point because I care about you because we need to get through this moment because we are a team. Yeah, you know, and a lot of times we use those opportunities of when we're mad at somebody to bring up everything that we're mad at them about, you know, um, we we let these little things go and then we feel all self-righteous of, well, I picked my battles, I didn't bring it up. And then I'll, when we get into a fight, it, you got a laundry list of like all of these things that you let go, but you're not really letting go, you're just waiting for this moment to throw into their face, you know? And we, we were talking about earlier too, like about the whole kind of, um, you know, accountability and gratitude piece to, to all this and the post discussion. And I think that like a big miss that we do too, is that we don't have those conversations with ourselves before we go into these conversations, you know? And, and I think that we have to have that you know, I think that you got to like get in touch with yourself and be like, shit, you know, I, I dropped the ball, you know, but without shooting on yourself, you know, I dropped the ball, but that's okay. How am I going to make up for it now with this conversation, <clears throat> you know, and, and that's okay. You're still good. And you want to say these things and you did do this. And I'm grateful that you did express this. And I think that we need to have those conversations with ourselves, not just our partners or our kids after the fact, because it helps defuse us. It helps give us a little bit of forgiveness and grace, which is just as important, right? You know, I mean, especially with our kids, like, you know, there was a, uh, <clears throat> A, a recollection I'm thinking of last week where, again, our house is in just turmoil, you know, and every day that we try to go out the door, JJ, it's like, where are the keys? Where's the wallet? Where is the, the, the thing? 
because like our key bowl isn't there and the hook where we put the keys and the shoe bench and everything is moved and scattered and shoved into the garage, you know, like without any thought to it. Cause the guy just, just showed up and said, we're going to get to work. And we were like, Oh, okay. It's happening now. Okay. Everything goes into the corner. And now we're like two weeks into this and we're like, where is everything? You know? So like every day we're constantly like, looking for things, you know, in the midst of trying to get everybody ready and fed, you know, and I, I just had a, a blow up moment the other day, JJ, I'll be honest. I just, the stress of it just overwhelmed me. And I was just like in a little pouty mood, just stomping around the house, you know, like I can't find anything. I wasn't yelling at, at anybody. I was just I was just expulling, you know, I was just, ex just letting it all out, brother. And I was, oh, I can't find any socks. I have no clean socks. And ah, 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 you know, and my wife came in and said, you got to calm down. You're scaring the kids. And that's like my, that'll diffuse me right away where I just sink into all this guilt and shame. Oh, fuck. I scared the kids. Oh, God. You know, it's like, I just feel so bad about that. And so, you know, when they went to school and my wife said, you know, I think you really got to talk to the kids about that and apologize and, you know, and just say what was going on with you. You know, so, oh, God, you know, I want it, the ego gets up. Well, I didn't do that. Well, oh. You know, I want to like, oh, there's the phone again. Every time we press record, JJ, he's telling me to this call. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, and uh, so the next day I went to go talk to the kids about it. I was dropping them off at school and I said, hey, I just wanted to apologize for yesterday morning. You know, I Coley kind of lost it and I was feeling very frustrated. And mama said that she talked to you and that you guys were a little scared. And I just wanted to say sorry. And it wasn't about you. It was about me and what I was going through and yada, yada, yada. And both the kids looked at me and said, you got mad yesterday? Huh? I don't remember that. <laughs> you know, so like, we got to have a little bit of forgiveness and grace with ourselves during this process. Not everything is as end of the world as we make it sometimes, you know, and sometimes we have to just be able to add a little bit of humor and say, shucks, you know, I really goofed up there, you know, and uh, I'm sorry. And this is what I would like it to look like moving forward from here. And then we just chip away at that a little bit at a time, man. You know, we're never going to have a perfect sculpture, but I think that we will get a better idea of what the picture looks like every time that we do this. I think we really need to unpack this sometime here, too, is about bringing humor into a situation of conflict. And when is the right and when is the wrong time to use it? Save <laughs> your marriage or blow it up. Too, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I, I was having a conversation with myself while you were saying all this because it brings back so much. And, and I, I, I apologize if it's not completely on point to what you were saying, but it, it probably does. It probably does have some pertinence here. But uh, when I was married and when we were in our tough place, uh, resentment was something that was evident um, through our interactions. And um my habit was to save a lot of chores and, you know, like kind of the things that take a little bit more time, like errands for the weekend. And, uh, my, my wife at the time and I, we, we were, we were tense and we were having a, an argument who knows what it was even about, honestly. 
but I was taking kiddo and we were going to go and do something. And, and she said, I might've shared this before on the podcast. She said, you know, uh, why don't you go shopping? Which was a statement of resentment. And there was a lot behind that. And I remember just like, through this, I'm just angry now, you know, just, just, just upset that she would go there. And what, what I want to preface this with is, you know, I'm not giving anybody a pass, but I certainly can't allow myself a pass in these situations because I'm the person who's in control of my emotions and what I'm capable of doing when I am triggered or I'm attacked or whatever. But I remember in that moment thinking that feeling and being angry and, you know, just deciding to stick with that anger. Uh, time goes on and, you know, the relationship didn't work out, the marriage, you know, everything happened the way it did. But I look at that situation now and I want to encourage everybody listening to really open your mind to yourself more when it comes to these past situations that are still on your mind because for whatever reason they stuck out and they were hard in the moment and you're still trying to figure, so, figure things out. Maybe you won't ever figure out the other side. But that's the nice gift that you have is you have the opportunity to try and figure yourself out. So what does that look like? Now I look back at that and I say, I can ask myself some questions that may be good questions to ask, or they may not be good questions to ask. One question I ask myself is, what could I have done over the course of our time as a couple together for her to not be able to voice in a kind and caring way? Hey, you know, I, I would like it if on the weekends, you didn't spend time, you know, going and running errands because of X, Y, Z, whatever. I am pointing this out now because there was failure of communication for a long time that I was a contributor to and was so blind to the fact that she instead chose resentment over feeling safe to talk about those things. So I didn't have a conversation with myself. I decided to have a conversation against her in my head mm. to get to that point. I do truly believe that. Why do I believe that? Because it occurred. Because there was enough that took place leading up to that point for her to say that out of resentment. Brother, so, I, I do this too, man. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, we'll get into an argument and, and then in those break moments, instead of the gratitude and forgiveness piece, I'm sitting there arguing with her in these hypothetical arguments. Well, if I say this, I know she'll say this. You know, and then if she says that, then I'm going to say this, but then I know she'll say this, you know, and then I create this narrative for by the time that we go into an argument, I've just like fueled this hypothetical reality that isn't even happening, you know, and mm. that's a dangerous place to be because, you know, sometimes you can bring certain, you know, well, you're this way. And she, huh? I never said that. I never did that. <laughs> it's like, well, shoot, I just from this persona that I've created about you in my head, you know? So I yeah. think again, like you said, you, we really have to kind of have those conversations with ourselves, you know, um, in a healthier way rather than just stagnated in the bad habitual communication habits that we do with our partner. You know, um, we, we have to kind of, either stop the self-talk or change it in a way that is going to lead us to a more productive conversation. <laughs> yeah. And one of the, one of the simple ways to get there, I believe is first off, we know that we're flawed individuals and then ask yourself the question, 
Am I the one that has it all figured out and everybody else is just kind of clueless? Because as soon as I ask myself that question, knowing I'm a flawed individual, I can realize I am not giving this person enough of the benefit of the doubt, which is actually kind of not really where you should be at. The idea is I, I don't want to just leave it at that, giving somebody the benefit of the doubt. I want to understand that person. I want to be curious and ask the question. Because when you're in a relationship with somebody, you said, I am with you to the end. And then all of a sudden you're telling a story about how you are always right in this situation. And they're just, they're just crazy or they're just whatever. You're losing that person. You're giving yourself the right to lose that person. Or you're giving yourself the reasons actually as to why you sh that person is just not, I, I don't know, living up to the standard that apparently you have. And then you're denying, of course, them the right to see you for who you are, which is somebody who's trying to figure this crap out too. Hmm. Yeah, well said. We just need to give ourselves and, and everyone around us a little bit more grace here because uh, this is a process. Um, so yeah, man, thanks for, uh, sharing all those insights today. Yeah, hope no, our, uh, hope our listeners got, got something out of it. Uh, I definitely feel better fleshing it out with you at least. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, at the tail end of this, you know, I think that my wife and I ended on a great note in our post conversations and reestablishing, you know, some of the pitfalls that we noticed uh, going into that argument and things that we would like, you know, uh, see worked on for the next time and ourselves. Um, so I, I think it was a very productive conversation as much as it maybe sucked it in the time. <laughs> um, you <laughs> yeah. know, and, and that's what I love about uh, the stuff that we talk about. And, you know, I never feel that like it's it. This it's it's over, you know. I always feel like we have the tools to get through this. Um, we just need to be patient and forgive each other and have some grace. So I, and like I said, we get better every time. Let me share you with one other thing that I think is valuable, and that is maybe try to understand what it is about the other person when it comes to conflict. If they say I'm a person who just needs to hash it out in the moment, okay, well hash it out in the moment person. What does that other person want to do in those moments? Because if they're like, that makes me uncomfortable, I need time to reflect and understand what it is that the situation is calling for, then you're not really understanding their needs. So that's a big, big piece of it. Like, okay, yeah, that might work for you with this relationship. But what about this relationship? Let's get to an understanding. Because I'll tell you, all the experts will say, a pause to reflect is one of the most valuable things you can do to help a, a successful relationship remain successful. Anyways. Yeah. Well, thank you, JJ. Thank you listeners. And guys, if you uh, want to stay uh, in tune to our fitness journey, man, check out the ADHDads.com Cause uh, we got content we're posting every day. Coach Ray King, uh, who's a former guest on the show. He's been, Helping us out, getting us into shape, uh, creating some good, healthy habits. I've been getting my kids involved. They've been joining me on workouts. They're hilarious with their commentary. So uh, Naomi is a little Nazi with her fitness coaching. My goodness. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she's worse than Coach Ray. 
<laughs> but if you guys want to see that content, you know, check out the website and join us, man. Contact Coach Ray, get a program, and let's get fit together. We'll we'll share uh, uh, photos and 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 go on this journey together. I, I'd like to hear where you're you're at with it, and where you struggle with it, and and what you're doing to uh, set yourself up for success. So check that out, the ADHDads.com. Check out Coach Ray King. And uh, tune in next time, man, because I always love hearing that you're hearing us. Uh, So until next time, I'm your host, CJ. I'm JJ. And this is the ADH Dads. (laughs) 